Hey, hey, everybody. Before we begin, I just have a couple of announcements about the show. I Want You to Watch This can now be found on Stitcher as well as iTunes. If you like what you hear, please write us a nice review on iTunes or on Stitcher, as that helps more listeners find our little show. Also, we are now on Twitter with the handle Want You to Watch This with the letter U and the number 2. Thanks, and on with the show. Hi, and welcome to I Want You to Watch This. I am your host for this week, uh, Dennis Buckles, with my two co-hosts, Nolan Munch and Craig Hale. And this week we watched They Came Together. And uh, do we have a year on this movie? 2014. All right. And uh, who directed it? It's directed by David Wayne. It's written by David Wayne and Michael Showalter. Um, But you could really say this is a movie that's written by the entire ensemble because it's pretty apparent that it's packed with world-class improvisers. So a a good deal of this movie almost has to have been improvised. There's a lot of fun improv in it. And uh, there's one scene in particular I'd like to point out, but we'll get to that. Um... So, yes, uh, this is a, a deviation definitely from the past three movies that we've done. Um, this is, uh, well, uh, first notes I have before we get into the synopsis, uh, if the whatever synopsis there is. There's not much. No, there's not much of a synopsis. It's, it's a slapstick, self-aware comedy uh, about, I mean, it's just making fun of rom-coms. Just. It's just a straight-up parody. Oh, yeah, it's all the tropes. It's right. literally yeah. everything. Right, and, and so like going over a synopsis, I mean, you've already seen it. Have you seen any? The, the, the loose synopsis would be Amy Poehler and Paul Rudd are out to dinner with um, Bill Hader and Ellie Kemper, and they're telling them the, the story of their love, and it's it's like our love is a romantic comedy, and then they proceed to just do a romantic comedy where it's it's when Harry met Sally, it's it's every well, it's the way every rom com starts. Yeah, where it's like someone sitting. Like at the end of like a relationship, talking about how they met at the beginning of the relationship, right. and, and, and they even like talk about that. It's like, well, how'd you guys meet? It's like, oh, well, it's like a romantic comedy. If yeah, it were like, a movie, it would start yeah, with like yeah. a skyline view of New York City, and then we cut to titles. There's a skyline of New York City, and it says they came together. Right. So <laughs> it's just a totally self-aware, complete parody of the rom-com genre. And, yeah, and uh, it's. Um, just a lot of fun, you know, there's a lot of, there's a lot of, it's also, there's a lot of stupid humor in it, which I just love, you know, there's a lot of physical comedy, there's a lot of just wordplay, um, and, uh, it's just a really good, just well done comedy, you know, like, uh, if you've seen, um, Wet Hot American Summer, and you liked that movie, then you would love this movie as well, um, because it's also done by the same people. Uh, one of the first things I wrote down is, is, does this movie prove that parody as a genre was not killed by the scary movie franchise um yes it's it's uh, good evidence of that uh, you know um I, I would even taken it back that like you know the 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 last you know when when leslie nielsen died you know he was like the king of of these types of, of, of slapstick comedy you know and it was like when you know they stopped doing the naked guns and like uh, i think that what the last one that he did was um wrongfully accused and i love accused it's so stupid it's so self-aware it's slapstick and it's amazing and i'm so glad it's back with with movies like this um i mean i guess it's always been there it's never really gone anywhere it, it, it's, it's, it's been around it's just i think it's been doing the quality of it yeah the quality hasn't right been i'd say like um keanu is a recent standout as well for me Ooh, I need that, to see that is see that. very slapsticky self-aware 
parody of John Wick, essentially. Right. And does it very well. And we, it's hilarious. We should do that movie. Uh, but back to this movie. But back to this movie. That's the movie we're talking about. Uh, so, yeah. Um, it's kind of, like we said, it's kind of, I don't know, hollow to go over the synopsis because, like we said, it's just making fun of romantic comedies so you can kind of I mean if you've ever seen any rom-com right you know what you this pretty much is. Is. I think we, we might just want to each kind of go through our notes and find particular moments that we want to talk about and just, oh yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Like those. Um, for me I love that like right in the first probably three minutes of this movie they're taking a big shot at sex in the city and that made me so happy when they just start doing like Oh, there's actually another character in our story. You could say that New York City is a character. Yeah. <laughs> They're just pointing out that is so stupid. It's such a stupid idea that is just so woven into Sex in the City as a thing that I'm just like, right. no, the city is not a character. Right. What the hell are you talking about? It's yeah, I'm like, Amy Poehler even reiterates that when she says, I recently broke up with my boyfriend, but I guess in a way you could say that New York was my boyfriend. And it's just like, no. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's not how that works at all. It's <laughs> terrible. Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah um, I just, I love all of like the, uh, when they just jab at all of the tropes, like when, um, oh, I forget, it's, I think it's when like, uh, uh, Paul Rudd and Amy Poehler fight for the first time and, um, or like he gets dumped. That's what it is. He walks in on his on his girlfriend like on his Kobe like, Smolders, who's just, just like blatantly cheating on him. Crazy sex scene right. with Michael in black. And, and and he goes out on the street and he like hails a cab and the cab just like doesn't even slow down. It just like <laughs> just hits a puddle, no, no, puddle and just yeah. blasts water out of it, drenches him. It just, drives toward him <laughs> yeah. and then just like never slows down and just like completely drenches him. <laughs> <laughs> I loved like at the beginning where they're both doing their like before they meet and they're singing the same song together yeah. but separately and it totally reminded me of from Justin to Kelly. It really um, was, it was, so <laughs> Kelly. But it was also just like they throw random things about like the, they're both getting ready and they're sitting in the shower. Paul Rudd is shaving and then they got an Amy Poehler is shaving her face. Yeah. <laughs> like, We're so in sync. Like <laughs> um, this had another one of my favorite like tropes to take a shot is just like the magic like bed sheet. Which is a thing in movies, like, women who have, like, just post-coital women in movies can just have a bedsheet, like, stick to them. Oh, like, yeah. Right over their breasts. the laws of physics. <laughs> and, um, in an early scene, Kobe Smulders was, like, getting out of bed with Paul Rudd, and she, like, full-on stands up and walks around with the bedsheet. Like, stretches just, like, her arms up. stretches her arms. <laughs> the whole thing, the bedsheet is just clean to her. Uh, I really like, uh, um, oh... Gosh, there's there's a there's a part when the uh, um, oh Jason Manzukis is in this movie. Jason Manzukis is great, and in this I movie. I love Jason Manzukis. Okay, can so I talk about this office scene because yes, I yeah. was wondering if because it was Jason Manzukis in the scene and with the How Did This Get Made podcast, and this was totally out of the room where they're playing football across like the very small space. Oh yeah, right before when he it, falls out of the window. They're just like tight quarters football. Like, yeah. <laughs> I do wonder if they were refer if they were intentionally referencing it the. Had, I was like, because like, it was Manzukis, yeah, like I feel like that might have been like an improv moment where they're like, like oh, let's, let's just throw football let's right just now. Do like, the room. Yeah. Let's just throw oh, yeah. It, it, it had to have been. But uh, there's a part when uh, Manzukis uh, invites Paul Rudd to uh, to a Halloween party, and Paul Rudd's like, I I can't, you know, honestly, I, I have a bad experience with Halloween. When one year I got cornered by a group of trick or treaters, and they pit me down and tortured me, and and said, Dick or Teat. 
It's a dick of tea to me. Ben Zinkus just goes, I know. It was in the news. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You really need to get so over many. that. <laughs> Jason Manzucas, uh deliveries like that. There's um, the one where they get into the fight at dinner, um, Paul Rudd and Amy Poehler, and then she storms out, and they do a joke about it when Harry Met Sally, where Paul Rudd goes, I'll have what she's having. And then Jason Manzucas just completely goes, you are having what she's having. Yeah, it's, it's all the same food. <laughs> we're all having it. Yeah, it's like, yeah, they totally do those lines where it's the... The one line that comes up over and over again is the, I think he likes you, or I think I like him, or I think... Well, they take he, a, a shots at a lot of those things. Like, they also do the... It's not just in rom-coms, it's in, like, all movies. They're like, hey... Thanks. Oh God, that's such a runner in. <laughs> they actually like repeated them one scene where they like yeah. his brother can't get out the door and yeah. they keep turning around and going, "Hey, thanks." And then like he tries to leave, he's like, "Hey, no, wait, thanks." They go back and forth for a very long time. Hey, no. Or like since we're talking about the repeaters, I mean the big one, the one at the bar. The bar. <laughs> Tell me about it. Well, you came in here looking like crap, and you haven't said very much. You Tell can say that again. <laughs> well, you came in here looking like crap, and you haven't said very much. Tell this, me about it. This goes on for like a solid minute no, and a half. A full yeah, minute like, and a half. It's just so great. Oh like, yeah, no, and and like right when you think it's gonna get over, they. they do another round of it, and uh, oh, and I love the uh, the test. Like, there's always the test in the movie, <laughs> oh, and in yes. this case, it was the mother who, like, when he comes to dinner oh, yeah. to meet the parents, who spoiler alert are white supremacists. <laughs> Mom like turns around, like opens up her dress, and is like, "Take me now," and then. The parents, or like the dad and but, Amy but, Poehler. But Paul Rudd's like, no, I'm, I'm in love with your daughter. And then the dad and Amy Poehler emerge from behind the curtains. They're like, you're the first boyfriend who's passed the test. Yeah, I can't tell you how many times I've watched someone fuck my wife on that cabinet over there behind these curtains and did nothing. <laughs> oh, yeah, and then that leads up to uh, uh, my favorite uh, line in the movie. So... That uh, Paul Rudd meets Amy Poehler's parents, and then they have like dinner, like you know, like in every freaking rom com movie. And um, they like <laughs> during dinner, the parents leak out that they're white supremacists, <laughs> and which leads to my favorite line, which is when they are like they break up over the fight. Um, How could you neglect to tell me that your parents are white supremacists? <laughs> <laughs> and I just thought that was absolutely hilarious. I also enjoyed the uh, the meeting the kids scene. Oh, where, that's so funny. Where it's just like every movie that has the 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 female love interest that as a single mother has right. this scene it, in the got, movie. It's got two tropes in it that are both in all of the movies. It's, the older sister. Yes. Oh it's yeah. One okay. that she's the single mom, and the other is the older sister who's just so looking out for her, and she's like, I don't trust this guy. Yeah. Because, like, I'm just they, looking out for my little right. sister. They always put that character in to make the 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 you know the female lead not a neglectful piece of shit parent. Yeah. Because yeah. then it's like, oh, well, at least her kid is like, you know, taken like care of by the sister. Taken care of by the sister, you know. <laughs> and it's so just like the automatic like, hey, you like Pokemon? I like Pokemon well, too. No, but the level like, of detail, the level dad. of detail that Paul Rudd gives on Pokemon, <laughs> I was like, 
There's no way a man of Paul Rudd's age would know that unless he was a straight up pedophile. Like there's just no reason for him to have like he's like talking about like oh yeah it has like this special defense stat on the card game to where like it costs like less HP to like do this move and it's like no Paul Rudd. <laughs> unless you are a complete creep, there's no reason for you to know that much about the Pokemon card game. Yeah. I like fiction books. You? Oh you yeah. Like, like like fiction books. <laughs> I love that. That was um, uh, So also, it reminded me of that trope of oh yeah, we have this one thing in common, and therefore all of the conflict in this moment has been deflated. And it was the uh, in the bookstore, but it was the grandma was the one that started it, and it was like you have a grandma. Like oh, yeah. I have a grandma. Yeah. I was like this is sort of like Batman v Superman. <laughs> well, I was like, about to Martha? say that. Really down to. My mom's name is Mark. Yeah. <laughs> but, like, that happens in a lot of movies where it's like, oh, this one thing that they have in common turns out to, like, completely deflate the argument they were having oh, before. Because yeah. they're talking about how she, like, he's his business is destroying her small business right, right before that. And it's like, oh, well, yeah, my grandma. So just such a thing of, um, which, I always confuse those two Billy Crystal Meg Ryan movies. But there's one of those Billy Crystal Meg Ryan movies where it's exactly that plot. Where she has like a small business, but he works for some big conglomerate that's going to take over her small business or run it out of town or whatever. So they're like doing an exact right. replica of that thing. And uh, that, that scene has like, there's, and it happens a lot with this movie and I love it because they're, you know, ripping on rom-coms where they... <laughs> They, they talk about each other like they know each other more than they should, you know? Like, <laughs> um, they do it again when they first when they first meet at the dinner, you know? And uh, he's all, like, trying to make small talk with her at the dinner table. And uh, uh, she's just like, well, you might have everything that I want in a man, you know? And then I can fall in love with <laughs> them together forever. But I can't take a corporate, you know, worm or whatever. It runs out. And it just cracks me up because there's all of this missing exposition. Yeah. Yes. Well, and then of course, and then, and then they like turn it around with him where he's like doing the same thing. Where like, I can totally fall in love with her. Yes. And then, and then he's like, oh yeah, she wasn't such like a mean person. Like, I can see why she's not dating anyone. And then of course, it's like the trope of like, she's standing right behind him. And it's like, oh no. Like, <laughs> and she like has to run out of the room because he like says something like, oh no, like. During that same scene that's the uh, dinner party for Halloween, there's just like one of these really silly, ridiculous jokes that I love where Jason Manzoukas and his wife are like making facial expressions back and forth with each other, and those are spelling out as like subtitles on the screen, and then Jason Manzoukas sneezes and all the letters from the subtitles collapse onto oh, yeah. the table. <laughs> he like scoops them up. He's so stupid. I love it. It's great. Oh, and then like the music video. How they have oh, a straight yeah, up the, music video well, in the middle it, of the movie. It starts as like the, the shitty like falling in love montage that's in all of these movies. It's like, okay, we can't write some actual things of them falling in love. Let's just do a montage of them hanging out together and play it over some sappy song. And Nora then, Jones. And it's, in this one, it's Nora Jones, but then it turns into a full-on music video where Paul Rudd and Amy Poehler are in the studio with Nora Jones. Oh, God. And like, but isn't it always Nora Jones? I mean, it's always Nora Jones. Oh, yeah, yeah, I think a lot of times it's Nora Jones. It's <laughs> 15 years it's been Nora Jones. Um. Oh, oh, and I love the, uh, another one that's, across the board movie trope is the too much information over the phone call when uh, yeah. 
they're in the candy store and her, uh, like the woman that works in the candy store with her, I cannot remember her, her name. Her token black friend. Yeah, of course. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's why you can't say her name her in the movie. Yeah. She has a name. She might have a name in the movie, but, but she's just the trope of the token black friend. Yeah. It's like, but it's like the phone literally rings once. She picks it up and like before she even like finishes saying hello, she's like, it's for you. And then like hands it over to Amy Poehler. <laughs> I love the, um, the basketball scene. Where this is like where oh, basketball, all basketball, the, basketball, yeah. basketball, <laughs> yeah. basketball, basketball, and they're all taking shots and none of them are hitting. But it's but swish, always like swish, but it's swish. <laughs> but it goes through like all the different archetypes. So like Keenan Thompson's the married guy who's like, I go home to my wife and I love my wife. And then there's um, the other guy who's like, I can never be committed to I anyone. Never to any woman, a night then like that's one night when I'm not getting laid. But it all gets tied up by the best line where it says, You get it now, Mr. Combines Traits that each of us represents, and all you need to do is put them all together and you'll be just fine, guys. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but there's, some, there's something comforting in that formula. Like, even when you're watching, like, a Nicholas Sparks movie or something, you know, it's like, I know where this is going, you know? Like, yeah. <laughs> that's why I'm watching this, you know? And, and that's also why it's so much fun to make fun of. Well, that's why this movie is is great overall because, yes, it like hammers on all of those tropes, like incessantly. But those tropes are tropes for a reason. Right. And it's because yeah, they're they entertainment, work. they're formulas, and yeah. they yeah they are done really bad in some instances and really well in other instances. But overall, it's a really fun thing, and I just love how like. Every time they, every time you think that they're gonna like stop, they just like take it a step further and oh, just like yeah. keep pushing that same button. Oh yeah, no, like um, the when she out of nowhere tells him, "Would uh, I just want you to know that if I'm ever like running away from the wedding altar, like just know where you can find me." And he goes, "Let me guess, Boston." And she goes, no, the Brooklyn Promenade. And yeah. At the end of the movie, he goes to Boston, and she's not there, and then goes to the Brooklyn Promenade. And it's just, like, so heavy-handed and just... Oh, like, well, yeah, and even, like, the scene of them going to Boston is, like, total, like, set... Like, it's like, oh, oh yeah, we're on this set, and it's, like, a very intentionally done right. that way, to yeah. where it's, like, Boston, and there's, like, a sign, it's, Red like, sucks. parking, like, P-A-H-K-I-N-G, <laughs> like, parking, like. So, like, like, there's, like, two guys in the street corner, and they're just, like, hey, Celtics, hey, Red sucks. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's, that's part of the other thing that is terrific throughout this whole movie, is they just are mocking the use of, like, sloppy, bad ADR. Like, in the basketball scene, they're literally just going, basketball, basketball, basketball. Like, like, there's the whole thing of there's, we're going to do a bunch of different parties at Thanksgiving, Christmas, and New Year's Eve. And before each of them, there's just B-roll of, like, streets, but it's just people going, New Year's, New Year's Eve, New Year's Eve. Hey, yeah. it's New Year's. Happy New Year, everyone. Yeah. Christmas, Christmas time. Oh, wow, it's Thanksgiving. I can't believe it's Thanksgiving. Like, it's, oh, you guys, it's almost New Year's. The clock's about to count down. Like, yeah, it's, it's awesome. Can we talk about the Bubby fucking scene? Or, like, almost? Oh, Because <laughs> I was like, wait. That was one moment where I was like, what? Why? <laughs> I, love, I love Bill Hader and Ellie Kemper's reactions. Like, <laughs> yeah. yes. When you, like, realize that Paul Rudd is just telling this story to, like, people at a restaurant. And, like, and it cuts to them, but they're just like, why? <laughs> there are a lot of those great cutaways that where, like, the, the story will be moving along and eventually they'll just cut back to Bill Hader and Ellie Kemper and they'll just be like, 
okay, what? <laughs> yeah. like, okay, get to the point, because they'll be like do it, telling like the some, like they're doing the bar thing. The right, bar the thing's bar going repeat. on for forever, and they cut back to Bill Hader and Nelly Kimber like, get on with it! Or, it's like, oh yeah, or they'll do like the typical thing, like where they'll be like commenting on the story, but it's like obvious what's happening in the story, like, oh, so it wasn't love at first sight, was it? And it's like, yeah, what the fuck yeah. do you think I just told you? <laughs> like, you been listening? Yeah. <laughs> but it's like, that happens in every movie. It's like always like the cut back to like the storytelling is like the weird like connection from like between like exposition and how the audience is supposed to feel. Right. Of yeah. like, oh, this is what happened in the story. Now let us be like, oh, so you guys had a really tough time, huh? It's like, yeah, that's what we just said. So you don't need to do that. <laughs> <laughs> Um, oh, one of my favorite uh, improv moments is when um, Joel is fighting with his brother about, like, rent. Like, like they first start talking about rent, and then, like, it, it reminds me of, like, some, like, crazy conversation from Comedy Bang Bang, because, like, he's, like, complaining about rent, and now his brother's not paying for rent, and then his brother's like, this isn't about rent, and, like, there's, like, silence, and he just goes... This is about the tire swing. <laughs> <It's just> like, <laughs> what? And, and, and just, Paul Rudd just like picks up off it, well, and he's just like, "Yes, and I had to sell that to pay for you. It's all been for you." I think he literally does say yes, and I think it really is just the oh, really? doing fundamental like improv stuff of it. Then just going, "Okay, <laughs> yes, and." <laughs> no, um, I love that. that another thing, which is uh, <laughs> we reveal that. Um, Kobe Smolders' name is Tiffany Amber Thigpen, which I thought was so funny, but just because I've seen entirely too much Saved by the Bell over the last year. Oh, yes, you have. But, um, <laughs> listeners, I recommend the podcast Go Bayside. It's like, how did this get made, but just about Saved by the Bell. Um, <laughs> but I just want to see the cutting room floor footage of, like, the ten other names that he must have improvised for, like, her name. Oh, oh God, yeah. <laughs> no, yeah, every take. Um... <laughs> Oh, this is so much fun. I mean, I, I just I just finished watching it a second time, and like, it was just such a blast watching. You know, it's it's one of those comedies that you can just have playing all the time. Um, I can't recommend it enough. It's definitely gonna be one of my favorites. Um, what else? What else you guys got? Um, I love in the uh, water throwing scene how when she's like upset with him and she like throws the water in his face, and it's just literally just like five drops of water. It's oh, and just he like, reacts like, like it's... Like, yeah, and he's just like, oh, God! It's like, <laughs> literally like, the last sip of a glass of water. <laughs> and, uh, and, and it's full of stuff like that. So I love this movie, you know, it's and the more you watch it, the more you'll find stuff. Like, oh, one of my favorite parts is at the very, very end where not only does her ex-boyfriend come and, like, Right when Paul Rudd's trying to engage to her and like interrupt the engagement, um, her like ex-husband and father of her son comes, and it's Michael Shannon, <laughs> and I've never seen him play anything that's like not serious, like cop dude or like murdering guy. You yeah, know? And, yeah. And, and then he gets like shot in the face by the police. Oh yeah, <laughs> in the background. Yeah, it, it was really cool to see him in like the slapstick, you know, and, and that. I just thought that was really hilarious. Like, just oh, and Judge guy. Judy. Oh, oh yeah, Judge Smolder's dick sort of, her, like, takes off, or, like, unzips herself and reveals that she's been Judge Judy in disguise. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and she's like, yeah, my entire life was fake, but those orgasms are real. <laughs> <laughs> 
throughout the and whole I'm, movie, uh, Paul Rudd has a dream to open up his own coffee shop called Cup of Joel. And at the end of the movie, all it is is like a hot plate, like in front of Amy Poehler's <laughs> restaurant with a cup, like a pot of decaf and a pot of regular. Yeah. <laughs> like a, a handmade sign that says like Sharpie writing that says Cup of Joel. It's like, yeah, like tacked to like the end of like her sign for her shop. <laughs> oh, yeah. But, uh,. Relates me to another one of my favorite things is so <laughs> at the end of the movie, you know, they're like back at the restaurant, you know, and they're concluding the story, and um, and they're like, oh, well, that's so, you know, what a great way that you guys like, you know, began. Like, it's amazing that you guys are getting a divorce, and then like they very quickly go over a synopsis yeah, like, of like even more story. Yeah, yeah. covered in yeah. this. Yeah. Like, oh yeah, they gloss over it. Yeah, and that's what's so. <laughs> Yeah, I was like, oh yeah, things got really tough. I was addicted to pills for a while. Yeah. Our, my child was traumatized by the fact that he saw his father get shot in the yeah, face. I was cheating on him with my ex-husband yeah. and boyfriend. And, uh, and, like, it, it's great. It, it's just like, what? This is. And then at the end, it's like, should we try this thing again? Yeah. Oh, of course we should. <laughs> and I love how like Bill Hader like is like he's playing like all of the different like versions of this character of like the other couple at the end of the table oh, yeah. where it's like the couple that's like tense and like kind of hates each other and then it's like the couple that's like super lovey-dovey and then like at the end he's like oh your story really makes me realize that I never want to see you again <laughs> and then she's like what? I never want to see you again <laughs> he's like just kidding I love you I would never leave you <laughs> and uh, they they knock it out of the park really I love I love both of them Ellie Kemper and um uh Bill Hader. Pretty much wraps up my notes, except for uh, the one other thing is that um, when Amy Poehler is kind of, um, <laughs> she's going to her uh, uh, accountant, I guess, um, who's played by Ed Helms, and Ed Helms tells her, like, like yeah, my wife left me because she was looking for all these other things. And went to my brother, and she's like, oh, well, is he here? Yeah. And like, Actually, yeah, and then her, his brother is sitting right behind him working in the same office, and that's David Wayne. That's the director of this movie. He's oh, okay. He's the brother. Um, <laughs> he comes in and he's like, yeah, she just wanted to travel more. She wanted to eat this and that. And the other. Yeah. <laughs> and Ed Helms is just fine with this. Yeah. <laughs> What's his name? It's like, like the worst Egbert. Thing. Egbert, yeah. Egbert. Like, or Eggman for short. Eggman. <laughs> and it's like, it his last name is like Eggman Farts or something like that. Egg Farts. Or yeah. yeah, something like that. Egbert Farts. Yes, Mr. Senior Farts. <laughs> but that's pretty much it for my notes I just I'm I'm glad to see that we can still have parody movies that are this good and aren't kind of just a montage of pop culture jokes because I think that's kind of what's happened to the scary movie franchise I think early on that was a lot better but now they're just doing a lot of like let's make a joke about all the year movies that came out in 2016 instead yeah. of like just riffing on one genre or riffing on right you know, yeah yeah instead of just being like oh you, you remember this and like oh you remember this you know and you remember remember you remember <laughs> yeah no this yeah. is this is clever you know and and like i mean just like how wet hot american summer is just a direct spoof from you know horror movies from the 80s well, it's, and, it's like, a spoof of camp like movies. camp movies and it's like a spoof of like sleepaway camp and oh like, yeah Porky's and, right. like, and, and all sorts of stuff like that. Right. Yeah. Um, my uh, yeah, my my every lasting thought or fuck. Um, 
Everlasting Gobstopper. Everybody, Everlasting Gobstopper. <laughs> My Everlasting Gobstopper on this movie is, um, is just that. Uh, I'm just glad. I'd love to see more of this, you know. Um, like, I want to see that. I want to see... Uh, Ke- what, what, what's it? Keanu. Ke- yeah, I very Keanu. Much Keanu. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. yeah. I, I really want to see Keanu. Because um, I just love Keanu. I love Keanu. And yeah, and I'd, I'd love to see them actually team up with like Michael Ian Black and Michael Showalter. I think that'd be really cool. Um, how about you? What you got as far as what, how do you feel about this movie? Oh, I, I loved it. And um, crap, what's his name? Elliot Stabler, SVU. Oh yeah. Um. Uh, are you talking about, um, I've got his name in my... Because he's in Way Out American Summer, too. He is. Um, uh, Christopher Maloney. Yes, Christopher yeah, Maloney. Christopher yes. Maloney. And he's <laughs> in um, this one just random kind of gross-out scene that they yeah. put in the movie where he's, it's Halloween and he's in this kind of restrictive one-piece costume and he... He's trying to, like, he, like, go to the bathroom and ends up shitting himself. Shitting himself. Oh, yeah. But he then takes off his costume and, like, leaves the shit-filled costume in there. He takes a shower and is sitting on the couch and like, hey, d- what are... <laughs> did you leave your costume full of shit in the bathroom? He's like, no, I'm just decided to change costumes. Yeah, I'm, it was really itchy, so I, I changed it to romantic. Just took a shower, guy. <laughs> someone someone must have gone in, in there and taken a shit in my costume. <laughs> I love that scene, and I also love the like the climax scene of the save the candy shop, save the world speech that oh, yeah. uh, uh, Paul Rudd gives, and <laughs> Christopher Maloney's just like, you're fired! And then... Uh, well, Michael Ian Black has like, been like his nemesis, like both corporately and in love, because Michael Ian Black has like been the one cheating on Kobe Smulders with them. Yeah, so like, he like gets fired, and he's like, "Oh, like get out of here before I change my mind." And Michael Ian Black is like, "No, I want you to change your mind. Like, that means I still have a job." <laughs> Throughout the whole thing, I just love Michael Ian Black being like the smug, like, hey, sorry you didn't get the dick rigger account. <laughs> is your wife at home? Is your girlfriend at yeah. home? And then he just grabs a loose condom out of a bowl. Yeah, a bowl of loose condoms. <laughs> yeah, yeah, twirling it around his finger, like, no reason. And then like, it cuts to Bill Hader. It's like, sounds like he wanted to sleep with your girlfriend. And he's like, yeah. And at the time, I thought he was just grabbing a rubber from the rubber bowl and going to visit my girlfriend. <laughs> Uh, all right. Well, I guess that wraps up. Um, they came together. Um, I guess we'll go on to uh, recommendations. Um, recommendations. Um, I will start off. Um, I was planning on recommending this before we started this episode, but I definitely am now because we reference it twice, and that is the best podcast of all time. How did this get made? The best podcast. Paul Shear, June Diane There is. And Jason Manzoukas. It is my favorite podcast. It is just the best. It is 100% the best podcast um, out there. Definitely the reason why I'm doing this and why I listen to all the podcasts I listen to now. Um, yeah, that's my recommendation. Uh, last week, I recommended a Carrie Fisher thing. Uh, this week, I'm going to recommend a Debbie Reynolds thing. I'm going to say if you haven't revisited singing in the rain in a while go back and watch that movie it is one of my favorite movies of all time and we'll probably someday end up doing it on this show i would say keanu as i mentioned before is a good movie um and kind of a looking forward to is uh get out i believe is key and pills next movie it's a 
uh, Jordan um, or just Peel. It's yeah, it's just just Jordan, Jordan Peel directing, but it's kind of a more serious movie. It looks really interesting. But it's well, it's supposed to actually be like uh, I think it is supposed to be like satirical as well. Really, because it's supposed to be like a satire uh, satire of horror movies and also like racial relations in some weird like Stepford Wives type of movie. So yeah. huh. looking forward to that, and I highly recommend Keanu. It is fantastic. It is hilarious. It is action packed, and there is a cute ass cat in it. <laughs> we'll have to check that out. Maybe we'll do that on the on the podcast. Um, all right. Well, up next for next week, we are going to be kicking off our nostalgia block, and we'll be going over three movies, uh, one from each of our uh, childhood that we were obsessed with when we were kids, but haven't seen since, and so. We will start off with mine, and that is Stargate. Um, yes, it stars Kurt Russell, and it is amazing. I know you've heard of it. It's kicked off like tons of really bad it's television It's Kurt Russell series. and uh, James Spader. One right? decent right, television Spader. series. I think it's what, it's like it was 1995, I think. Somewhere Something like that. We'll know. We'll know. We'll get more into it. But yes, that'll be next week. Um, so hopefully join us then for that. And thanks for joining us. Why? <laughs> 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 <laughs>